Welcome to Pouring Over Pages, a podcast of words and wine. I'm Alexa. And I'm Maritza. Let's get lit on literature. Woo! Woo! Ooh. Well, we're getting lit on a movie instead. Yeah, so fun. Which is exciting. Yes, I love this from the page to the screen, a uh, little bonus episodes that we're making with all these adaptations coming out. Well, the thing is that like we're kind of responding to what so many people have enjoyed about the podcast, which is people picking up books because they've seen the movie or watching the movie because they listened to the episode or read the book. So it's just like a nice continuation of the conversation. And we haven't always been thrilled about adaptations, so <laughs> maybe we highlight one that we actually really love. I think that's yes. a really good place to start. I think so. Red, White, and Royal Blue was one of our first episodes. I'd say it was probably number four. I yep, think? episode four. Number four. So it's been a while, but we were in love with the book, and we're very keen on watching this adaptation. We tried to watch it at one point and failed miserably when we were at the beautiful Glen Hollow estate at night. We wanted to watch the movie and something just kept glitching. We couldn't watch it. So until we flew back to Miami, we each watched it on our own. I've watched it twice. That's how much I loved this adaptation. I think it was so, so, so fantastic. I have a lot of positive things to say about it, but generally, I mean, you agree. This was a really good adaptation. Definitely. It was very um, feel good. And so before we watched it, I read that they did change a lot of the elements, which they did. But what stayed true to the story was the relationship between the two. And that's kind of what kept me intrigued and what kept me happy with that adaptation, because it did stay with the focus on their relationship and how that moved forward, even though they like nixed a bunch of characters. But uh, yes, I too thought it was so adorable and dreamy and cute. And I think they did a great job. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the things that they changed actually made sense for the adaptation. Sometimes what frustrates me about adaptations is like what they change. I think it's irrelevant or it makes no sense or I don't see why they did it. Yeah. Whereas here, I feel like they cut the right stories out. They cut the right kind of side plots out, which made the story still feel as charming, as real. It just, it continued to make sense. And I am a very loyal, like, lover of this book. I have recommended this book to so many people. I've bought this book for so many people as a gift. So if they would have messed this up, I would not, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be okay. I think that cutting June out hurt me a little bit. I'll yeah, say that June is too. Alex's sister and she's just so good like she plays the same role that B plays for he- for Henry. Yes. That it's the confidant, it's like the woman's perspective, but instead here they just have Nora. Yeah. Which they, worked well. Like I'll did. admit that. It, it worked well. Um I don't love that they didn't focus on her and like her crazy amazing math skills. Like mm-hmm. I do think that was missing a little bit because that's what makes her such a cool character in the book but I will say again like all of my complaints are just like minimal things that if they were in there they would have made me smile but without them I'm not complaining yeah no I think the other thing that I noticed I have a little a little notepad here was um the parents were still together instead of being divorced the president and her husband um supposed to be an ex-husband in the book um they were together which was fine it didn't take away or or anything if anything it made alex 
it made a better timing, I guess, for the movie. Because if not, it would have to like explain the whole divorce and all that. It didn't bother me as much. And then, oh, so then at the end, it was Henry's royal grandfather, the king, instead of the grandma, which is the queen, which that kind of pissed me off at first. Yeah. But, but then Sean told me that the actor who plays the royal grandfather was actually, uh, he's like a British actor, very popular, reads a lot of voiceovers, a lot of audiobooks, and he's gay. So it's yeah. really, it, it probably yeah, it's was Stephen like Fry, an Easter, right? Yes, exactly. Probably yeah. like an Easter egg in there for the Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But I think that there was something really special about how the queen was written into the book. So I, I would take that actually as one of the negatives. I also don't love, this is one of the parts that now I'm, now I'm going to get critical. I don't love that they didn't really highlight the people coming together outside, like the yes. crowds of people. Why do we not see them? We only kind of see a shadow of them or like we kind of see them a little bit through the window. But this whole like, the line in the in the book where he says history huh i bet we'll make some mm -hmm. people had those written on signs and stuff in the book and they don't show that in the movie and that was a really simple thing to add like people made t-shirts and it became like their slogan yeah they could have emphasized that a little more because it would have been such a beautiful nod to the book but also just to what's happening in the u.s right now right like it's the perfect kind of antidote to what so many of us are feeling this this fear of all of these anti-lgbtq laws being passed especially here in florida and i know i'm taking a little bit deep there but i do think that that was a missed opportunity because we all know that more people are going to watch the movie than read the book yeah. so it was just a good moment to highlight something like that make it a little bit political make it a little bit relevant to what we're experiencing now so i did miss that i would have loved to have seen the crowds but you know it is it is what it is i suppose yeah you're absolutely right though because in the book there's a huge focus on on all the crowds and you almost feel it from across the pond you know like this mass embrace of the them too and and their love story I think they rushed that they went straight from that yes. to the election it, it's like you barely took a beat and they that's they exactly rushed. that's exactly what I felt that it was rushed. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. And what did you think about the casting? Because I have <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> and I say that with a big smile on my face. So I thought Alex was pretty good. I think they did a pretty good job of casting him. I think he was pretty believable. Uh for Henry, I, I don't know what I was picturing. I, I guess I figured more like an English version of a young army hammer. I don't know. He felt like a little <laughs> he, without the cannibalism and stuff. Fair. I would hope <laughs> he felt, I don't know. He felt a little small and, and young. I know he's supposed to be young, but I don't know. I just pictured him more mature, more royal. And he seemed like, I don't know, like a little boy at times, I guess. I don't know. I a hundred percent agree. I think Alex was a great, great, great choice because he has that, like charm he has that smile that air about him that you can tell if he really were the president's son he would be this public figure he has mm -hmm. this personality that really i think is just so bright whereas henry i mean i i i agree with you i think he looked awkwardly young at times yes like a and baby. as i was yeah like a baby and as i was watching it too I, so i watched the movie one time on my own and then i watched it with my mom because my mom's a big fan of the book 
And the scene where they're at the house in, where is the house that they're like? Oh, Texas. Out, Texas. When they're outside and they're like on the lake and it's just the two of them on that like little wooden yeah. kind of thingy. Um, he turns around and he's like really close to the camera. And my mom was like, sometimes he looks really good looking and sometimes he looks really not. Yes. I get, it's I get true. what she's saying. Like I there were moments it. where I was like, oh, he's really cute. Like he's such a cute prince. And then other times I was like, oh my God, this is a 12 year old boy. Like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. like, it was just, it was weird. I don't know if it was like the styling or like um, yeah. just what they did with him. I know that they did try to infantilize him a little bit because he's supposed to feel like this young, insecure guy who is afraid to come out to the world as who he is. And, and I get that, but he was, I don't know, there was something weird was about weird. him, but I still think he was a good choice. Like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not like denying that. No, towards the end, I was like, yeah, this worked out. But in the beginning, I was very kind of, I don't know, it was kind of off-putting for me because I'm like, he looks not what I picture. And he was supposed to be really buff and fit and, and confident. And, and he wasn't, he was like normal fit, but not like washboard abs kind of fit and if anything alex was way more fit yes and alex was supposed to be the one that was more like i guess awkward weird fun charming kind of guy charismatic yeah snarky but weird skinny dude not you know i just it was different that's exactly <laughs> it like alex is supposed to be the one whose personality carries him forward yes and henry's supposed to be the one whose kind of looks carry him forward and that wasn't really the case no. <laughs> like I, I know I'm nitpicking and I'm yeah. not criticizing I'm not saying oh it's like not the right casting not at all I'm no, just they making observations they were really good but Alex it was like a little too much for me like he was charming and funny and really hot yeah and then Henry he's not supposed to be like all those baby. things <laughs> exactly so that to me was confusing but nonetheless I appreciated it I, en I enjoyed them as you know as yeah. each respective character. I no, really did. They were, they were good. Do, do you remember? I, I noticed this in the movie and I couldn't recall because we read the book so long ago. Was there supposed to be a major height difference between them or, or something? Because they kept mentioning the height and I'm like, what I is think this so. mean? Okay. Okay. I think there is. And that's why I think in the movie, he, like Alex kept saying that he's not 6'2". Yeah. It's such okay. a lie. He's not 6'2". I know he's not 6'2". So okay. I think that that's the case. I think that one of them was supposed to be shorter. I mean, they were the same height in they the movie. They were the same height, for sure. But I think it made sense, like, visually, like, in yeah. the movie. If if one of them would have been significantly shorter, then it would have been... Or, like, if Henry would have been shorter, I would have been like, okay, yes. no. Like, then, this is then, just not... This is not it for me. No, for sure. I just couldn't remember. And I'm like, this must be in there because they're mentioning it over and over again. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I agree. And in terms of some of the other characters, I loved um, Zara, the yes. assistant. I think she was hysterical. She's hysterical in the book. She's even mm -hmm. funnier in the book. And I think they did a really good job with the casting there. She was like so snarky, so quick, so funny, treats Alex like shit. I loved it. She was perfect. She was perfect. And I loved um, Uma Thurman as the president. For I thought sure. she was great. Her Texas drawl was like a little bit dramatic for me. So I was like, what is it. this accent? <laughs> like she's supposed to be from Texas, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I know a shit ton of people from Texas or that I'm a professional at accents or anything. But that one was, it was a little, a little much. It was. It was. A little it was, bit. It was nice seeing her though. I feel like I've, I haven't seen her in a while, at least personally on the screen. And to see her in, in this, I'm like, oh, wow. They have like real actors here. Yeah, I mean, I think you can really tell that they cared about how this movie 
um, just the quality of it and how appropriate the adaptation was going to be. I really see that and feel that primarily because yes, the, the, the casting choice, but also because as we've been talking about, I think that, that they were true to the story. Mm -hmm. I know that they left some sub subplots out and that they weren't able to dive into every single character or, or learn, or we weren't able to learn as much about all of them as we do in the book. But I'm grateful that the story remained true. When we recorded our episode on Daisy Jones and the Six, what bothered us was that the story did not remain true and the changes felt unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And our worry was, this is also Amazon Prime. This is Prime Studios. So, like, are they going to do the same thing? Are they going to turn this into something, you know, just like loosey-goosey and... I was so surprised that they didn't because we were like, oh, my God, they didn't put the drugs in Daisy Jones mm -hmm. and, like, all the crazy shit and the sex. And then in this one, they were, like, rated R. I was like, oh, so you do have the capacity to do this. There's even less of an excuse of what they did to Daisy Jones in my exactly. opinion now that I've seen this. Oh, for sure. No, and this, obviously, the sex scenes here weren't as 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 graphic as we read right. in the book. But I think they did a good job too. You still felt like the heat and you're like, oh, something's happening. <laughs> totally. What did you think of how um of how in the movie they portray their conversations as Henry in the room with oh. Alex, like disappearing in and out. And then also with, as you were just kind of miming with your hands, the <laughs> conversations coming up on the screen. Like, how did you feel? Cause I was supposed to mean that, or sorry, that was supposed to represent like months of them texting. I think it was successful. I liked it. I have here, love the little text illustrations. I thought, um, yeah, it was super successful because in the book, we read them as though they're text with the emojis and everything. So it was nice to see that picked up here and, and done in a similar way. And I wouldn't have thought to have the whole Henry and Alex disappearing into each other's space. I wouldn't have thought of that blocking or anything, but I actually enjoyed it. It gave it more of a, I don't know, like you're here, but you're not like ghosty kind of vibes. Like you're so close, but so far. <laughs> I agree. I I think it was I think it was sweet and I think it was a more digestible way for the viewer to be a part of those conversations or to see those conversations because without it it would have just been a lot of text. Oh, for sure. It would have been a lot of just like graphic 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 and so and many graphics. It would have been too much I think for us. But the other um kind of speaking about that the the one criticism that I have about the text and graphics is that we were seeing their texts, right? And then when they get caught, it's like, oh, our emails were leaked. Yes. If you read the book, you're like, what emails? Yes, you're right. But they their emails, <laughs> you know, like, where did the emails come from? So I was just like, wait, why didn't they, like, why didn't they emphasize more at the beginning that they were emailing each other? Because it looked all like iMessages. Yeah, because you're not going to, you're not going to email someone like a single line, like, Exactly. Exactly. But in the book, it, yeah, there's long emails and then there's like cute, mm -hmm. short, flirty text. Like they're communicating in different ways. They're communicating through different channels. So when B comes into his room, and I love how like no one woke him up. Like he just woke up and then he like turns over and like everyone's there waiting for him. Like, oh, by, by the way, your life is 
your life is shit now. Your life is blown up. <laughs> your life is blown up. So, but we wanted to like let you sleep in. Like what? That was strange. I that, that was, was strange. weird. And they're all like waiting for him outside the room. I was like, if you're going to confiscate his phone and you're not going to let him contact Alex, you're telling me that you're too scared to wake him up? Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but being in a Hispanic family, I know the mother's from Texas, but the dad is Hispanic. You, Your Hispanic parent would have run their ass into your room and yanked you out of your bed. Period. <laughs> Period. The end. There's Period. no, I let me wait for the princess to wake up. No. <laughs> no, none of that. In a Hispanic house, you can't even say that you're bored. Because they'll no. be like, oh, yeah, then it's time for you to clean. And you're like, oh, fuck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that I was, did have an issue with that. You're right. That was a bit strange in the emails. I didn't catch that, but you're absolutely right. Like, what emails at that time? I'm only, I only caught, caught this shit because I'm telling you because I watched that movie twice. <laughs> the second time it hit you. The it second time I was you. like, wait a second, hold on, you know? And I was like slightly more... Slightly more, I wouldn't say critical, but just paying a little bit more attention. I was more attuned. But I think that it's the kind of movie that, maybe it's too early to say, but it's the kind of movie that if I'm on a plane and it's available, I won't keep scrolling. I'll just watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to put it in the same category as, like, you know, a, a Devil Wears Prada, a parent trap. Yeah. You know, like, if it's on, I'm just going to watch it. Absolutely. I'm not going to I'm not going to search for anything else. That's how much I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was so funny. I highly recommend it. It has yeah. my my stamp of approval. I agree. It was a good watch. Even Sean was interested in. He said this is much better than the Daisy Jones crap you made me watch. I'm like, "Yes, I'm glad." <laughs> but it was it was really cute. We both watched it and enjoyed it. He didn't even read the book, so he that was his first um taste of it and he he had liked it. We both liked it. So, definitely a pop pod stamp of approval. 100%. I do believe that like like you said i do believe that you can enjoy this without having read the book i do believe that i sean is proof of that i would say that if you're like me where you always believe that the book is better you'll be pleasantly surprised to not feel like that gap is so huge like i actually think they did such a good job that mm-hmm. i will enjoy both almost separately you know because they they were they both have their merit so I think it's the kind of movie that if you want to read the book, but you read the, but you saw the movie first, that's fine. If you yeah. read the book, but you want to then see the movie, that's fine. It, because it was actually just really, really, really well done. And I was reading recently that there was a bidding war for the rights of this movie before the book was even published. Apparently oh there were so God. many people, like after they read the, the, the arcs, which the advanced readers copies uh-huh. that a lot of people were just like this is movie material and lots of different studios were already eyeing it and fighting for it because i mean there's no doubt the story is just it's so unique it's so good it's so funny it's a recipe for a wonderful rom-com but you can just tell that the movie ended up in the right hands it went to the right bidder because they just did a phenomenal job No, for sure. I agree. And that makes me excited for our next adaptation that should be coming up soon. I'm not sure which is going to be first, but I think the other black girl is racing to the finish line in a few. And then I think School for Good Mothers might be picked up too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So uh, it's going to be on the other black girls going to be on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Right. And that one is coming out very soon. So I have no doubt that we'll be covering that one first. And then um, The School for Good Mothers, is that going to be a series or a film? Do you know? 
I'm not sure. I see. I just Googled really quick. The other black girl is going to be on TV, like you said, on Hulu. Oh, the first episode is going to be on September 13th. Oh, my God. Okay, that's coming up. Yeah, so we're recording today. It's August 28th. So we've got a little bit of time to prepare ourselves emotionally for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited for the adaptation of The School for Good Mothers because they have the opportunity to go full dystopian. Oh, my God. I wonder who's going to go dark. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And that's going to be one of those that I think the casting is going to be extremely important for, uh, especially for the main character. Oh, most definitely. I wonder who's they're like eyeing. I mean, there's so many great um, Asian actors and I know that they've come up to the forefront in recent years, which makes me so happy because I'm just like curious as to who it will be. Yeah. And I, and I just like the idea of the fact that these books that we've been reading on the pod, you know, we we've chosen them for many reasons, but one of them is because they are either diverse or they have diverse characters or they tell stories that are not usually the first ones that you experience or see in, in Hollywood or or New York Times bestsellers. Like we're really moving in a direction, I think, where those diverse characters are finally being given the opportunity to rise to the occasion like all the other characters that we've seen in movies in the past that tend to just be like, you know, white. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I think it's exciting to see, you know, and I think it's a testament testament to us. Like I'll brag for a second. We're choosing books that are really interesting to people and that are so interesting to people that you know, adaptations are being made. I think that's a really big deal. So I'm just excited about the fact that, you know, we're seeing these characters really shine in a way that I, I've I've never seen. And that's because books are now becoming popular sources and inspiration for films and series, which hasn't always really been the case, at least not, I think, not 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 by these numbers. No, definitely not. Um, they don't have that much information about this one. It says it's going to be a limited TV series, um, and they don't have an estimate of when it will be filmed or anything just yet. But that one will be later on then. Makes sense as a limited limited TV series, though, I think. Because, I don't know, a movie, it, a lot happens in that book in a way that I don't think you can condense. No. and I And I also don't think that your heart could take what is happening in that movie for whatever yeah. three, two, three hours, whatever it may be. Like, I think you need time to spread it out and take it in small doses. Yes. You need to process a lot of what's happening. Cause that's what happened to us when we were reading the book. Like we would mm-hmm. read and then it's like, okay, let me put it down. Like this is actually a lot to process. So I think it's important to space it out. It actually reminds me a little bit of the adaptation of the handmaid's tale on Hulu. Like they did <laughs> such a phenomenal job with the handmaid's tale that the entire first season is the book. Oh, damn. and because it's such heavy material and it can be just so overwhelming, I think that they did a really good job of spacing it out the way that they did. So I have no doubt that this upcoming, you know, adaptation of The School for Good Mothers is going to have to take on that same kind of strategy because there's no other way around it. If not, you're going to just want to turn it off and be like, I can't. I can't. This is too harsh. <laughs> I feel so bad much. for this woman. <laughs> no. It's the opposite of happy-go-lucky that we experience with Red, White, and Royal Oh, Blue. my God, yes. They couldn't be any more different if we tried. 
Oh, actually, you know what? I have one other question for you about yeah. red, white, and royal blue. At the end, the very last scene is them accepting the, you know, that she won the, the her second term, right? So they're all on stage, and she's about to do her speech, and she's about to accept, you know. Mm-hmm. And Henry was up on that stage. The British royal family is intentionally nonpartisan and they're not political and they don't comment on politics and they intentionally do this to keep themselves in a position of influence right if they're shown if they're showing any favoritism or or allowing for their own personal biases to come forth it's seen as a very negative thing and i understand that so i thought it was beyond unrealistic that even though he's openly gay, he's out in the world, he has this relationship, that he would be in that particular political event. Because that's actually, according to the Crown, probably far worse than coming out as gay. <laughs> like, to be political is actually so much worse than just being gay. I, like, I would bet money on this. Oh, for it sure. It was just unrealistic to me. Yeah. When I saw that, I didn't think of it so in depth as you just you know, illustrated for us. I just remember thinking, what the fuck is he doing up there? That's weird. That's not his family. He's not a mayor. He can't even vote here. Like he has nothing to do with anything election political here. I just found it very strange. But now right, he's not his spouse. No, exactly. Like, like they're, they just came out together dating. Like, So to me, that was maybe the most unrealistic. And I know that there needed to be this moment, this grand finale where it's like, yay, she flipped Texas. (laughs) That was unrealistic too. But I do believe that in our lifetime, it'll go blue. Yes. But I was like, what? Like, what are you doing standing up there? It was cute. It was sweet. I enjoyed it. But I'm also the kind of person that can't look past that kind of thing because as someone who's proudly very political i was like honey bun i know you would not be on that stage if this were real life this is wrong this is wrong i didn't also another thing that that came to mind was he as i don't remember him being as forward facing in the election like i remember him being on the team and strategizing and doing this stuff but i don't remember him going around giving speeches and shit I don't either, actually. I know that he I think they I think they fluffed that. I know that he was very compelled to get involved and and I think that the the the, the Texas memo thing was also a little kind of mm-hmm. blown up. I mean, I know that they mentioned that in the book and 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 it's kind of on me for not rereading it right before recording this, but it also didn't just it didn't stay in my memory that way. You know, no. like what I what I kept of the book in my mind is not that. So I think that they did inflate that a little bit to kind of just show, I think, his independence and and his future and the fact that he wanted to go into politics in this way, which is, of course, mentioned in the book. But again, really inflated for the movie. But I think it worked. I think it worked fine. Yeah, it worked fine. But now that that you're saying this, it makes sense as to why they would have him forward facing and like giving speeches and stuff, because they did cut out everything about him still going to school and wanting to work on the campaign trail and having his political aspirations and all of the back end that he did for the campaign. They they didn't talk about that nearly as much as it actually was talked about in the book. So maybe this was their way of illustrating that same message without actually what happened. That's true. And I think that that makes sense because there did need it. 
that focus. Like that needed to exist in some way because without it, then you don't get this whole other side of Alex and his interest in politics and how embedded he was, you know, within the campaign and everything that was going on. So I, I agree with that. I, again, I think it worked. I, I really did enjoy that. I would say that I enjoyed watching Alex in the movie more than Henry. Yeah. That was the case for me in the book as well, but just because I think his personality, he's so funny. Like, he's so unbelievably funny in the book and really funny in the movie. So I enjoyed him more, but again, I think that's also because it's supposed to be like the funny American versus like the kind of snooty, stuck up, but really actually sweet prince. Like, it it worked. I fell for it. And I think that that, again, is is a point for them. They did a good job. It totally worked. Um, I liked when he spoke Spanish, the brief moments that he did. It made me be like, yes, they're showing that he's Hispanic, you know. That was so cute. Like, his little accent was so not good. But I was like, you know what? I'll take it. I mean, look at who his his mom is in this. A for effort. (laughs) Like, I loved it. I thought that was cute. And then in the the, the New Year's party when they're, like, blasting Bad Bunny and they're all all dancing along to Titi Me Pregunto. I was like, oh, my God. Like. That's insane. Like, I also just thought that that was insane. It was so cool because even just like as like a young Hispanic girl, I'm going to see that and be like, oh, my God, like, you know, this is like a way of representing how diverse America has become. You Mm -hmm. know, like I thought that was really sweet. They did a really good job with that. I hated that reporter speaking of him, speaking in Spanish. I hated him. Yeah, I hated him too. I thought he was really fucking annoying and slimy and gross. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that I kind of like. I didn't like it, but I I think that that should have been shown a bit more, like his his uncovering of everything. Because like you see him at the bar watching them walk away. They walk away. Days go by, and then finally something leaks, and he you know they they allude to him on the newscast of like knowing the scoop before it happened. I don't. It just wasn't. Um, I don't know. I expected yeah, more. Like, cover cover the snaky parts a little bit more so that we yeah. can follow that better. Because I'll admit I understood it better the second time when he's being interviewed and he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you're really saying. And she was like, Well, you had two hours to write this story. Like, yes. what did you say someone told you? And I was like, Oh, like the first time I watched it, I was like, But of course he leaked it. And then I was starting to realize the second time that I was like, Oh, they're trying to keep you from like totally annoyed that from the beginning. So that was yes. a bit strange. But I agree. I think that that could have been played up a little bit more. I also read that there's a three-hour version out there or like that the movie was supposed to be three hours, right? Yes. And fans are clamoring to get their hands on it. And let me tell you, I want to be the first. I deserved three hours of that movie. I would I deserved love it. it. I would. And I also heard that there was like some bonus footage with them with the ice cream. I forget the name of the ice cream. But I was looking for it and I couldn't find it on my Prime. And I'm like, why? I wanted more. We need to find it. We need to reach out. We, I need all the content. All of it. Oh, one of my favorite parts was the cake falling on them. I thought that so was just good. so good. So well done. <laughs> it was so, so, so well done. Like, it was just, it was dramatic. It was iconic. So like, it was iconic. beautiful. It was Massive. just like... It was just, oh my God. It was, I agree. It was absolutely fantastic. I am such a big fan. I'm such a big fan of this movie. You guys have to watch this movie. Like, I don't care that you read the book. I think you should go read the book. And I think you should listen to our episode, episode number four, because we also have a really kick-ass guest on it. Yeah. But you have to watch this movie. It is so worth your time. If you want to just like feel really good and laugh and 
just see really good looking people on your screen, mm-hmm. this is it. This is it for you. This is it, guys. And with that, we cheers to the movie. Um, if you love this episode, please subscribe, give us all the stars, share it with a friend. They'd like it too. Go on our Etsy page, buy a ton of merch, go on Instagram at Pouring Over Pages podcast and follow us. We usually have a lot of fun behind the scenes stuff and you'll get, you know, inside of our heads with our book and wine knowledge. And just until next time, cheers. cheers.